0: Hello, oh, and welcome to From Fear to Fire, it's to overcome fear, embrace your gifts, and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host as always, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. My quote of the day is, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm telling you it's going to be worth it. Now I have heard this attributed to both Bill W. and Art Williams, so I'm gonna give them both credit here because I'm not really sure who was first. I have a fantastic guest today. Her name is Terry Hug, and she is the founder of the Sober Box Company, a monthly subscription box for sober women. She's the author of Dear Sister, a women's health and empowerment journal, and she's a certified integrative health coach and personal development consultant specializing in empowering women with a strong presence in the addiction recovery field terry is a certified yoga and meditation teacher and speaker and i'm really excited to bring her on here to talk about her journey we might ask her about this cool company that she started called the Soberbox company but we'll go wherever the uh, the question and the spirit takes us so welcome terry thanks so much for joining us today
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Good.
0: Good. Well, I'm excited to hear your story. How about a little background information for our listeners first before I dive into some of the things that I want to
1: know? Sure. I've had a pretty interesting life so far. Um, I definitely think that uh, fear has been my operating system since about age five, So looking back into childhood and up until about age 16, I've suffered from anxiety and it morphed into alcohol use, which led me to kind of a sense of freedom using alcohol and drugs that I had never known before in in my entire life. And it literally is the building blocks to... Um, the path of where I'm at today, uh, going back that far, uh, the anxiety and, and finding that relief in alcohol um, obviously is a false illusion. And it, before I realized that, I was into my 20s and my 30s living living a culture and a lifestyle that supported that alcohol use that was literally giving me that, that, that sense of, of, of freedom. And I've had some definite traumas and instances, some big milestones throughout my life, including uh, some reconstructive jaw surgeries that I went through in my early twenties. And then uh, in my thirties, I hit the the past recession, not this recession, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the recession back in 2009, 2010 time frame, uh, everything in my life literally blew up. And I pretty much lost everything in about a less than a year's time. And at that period, it was about 2010. And uh, like I said, we hit the recession and I had held on for the first year or two Um, But then at the time, my husband and I had lost our jobs and it just, it was like a universal punch in the face. It just, within, like I said, about a year, I literally lost everything. My mother died from cancer. We were jobless. Uh, We were starting to run out of our unemployment. We still couldn't find work. Um, We then decided to go into getting a divorce. We lost our house. I lost my financial security. And literally, I packed my bags and without a plan, I I moved out of state and literally trying to just find work. At the time, I didn't understand that the recession kind of affected states differently. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing people being hired in different states. And that was kind of the I've got to find work. I've got to survive. Here I go. I just left. And when I arrived in my new state, I literally had nothing. I was down to bare minimum money. I had blown through all of any financial security that I had trying to survive. And it really was the point where I had a complete mental and physical breakdown. Mm -hmm. And at that point, Uh, That is when I decided to choose sobriety and um, go through that transformation of that breakdown and then come out the other side. So so it's a pretty thick story. (laughs) I I feel like
0: there are so many different questions that I could ask you, but I I think I'll start with... um, You know, that feeling that sometimes comes from alcohol that you mentioned about that sense of freedom, and especially if people are feeling anxiety or, you know, fear, and in the beginning, the alcohol can seem as if it's a solution, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the, the, then what do they say? It's a solution until it isn't, right? And then... (laughs) And then it, it, it turns on you. So did you, was it just everything that happened or did you actually make the conscious realization that alcohol had something to do with it and that you had to change that first?
1: I mean, I think that it was a slow peel. It really wasn't like this aha moment and it was crystal clear and I moved forward Mm -hmm. Um, it literally, everything just wasn't making sense. Nothing was fitting. My physical body was exhausted, depleted, and starting to get very ill from the alcohol use. So the physical manifestations of that were arising. And at the time, right before I left that state, I had started, I went through the yoga teacher training and it literally for me was the door opening to, something bigger and better and led me to my, the path towards myself. Mm -hmm. And that direction was the, the ultimate compass that I was really searching for. And I think that, 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 that pivotal moment of realizing that all of a sudden you then realize that alcohol is a part of it. Then all of a sudden you realize this belief system doesn't work. All of a sudden you realize your behaviors and patterns. All of a sudden you realize what you've been raised on, what your generational curses are. You start to, all of the stuff just starts coming out and you start seeing it as this huge picture. It's almost like this puzzle. And it's like alcohol is one piece. Here's another piece. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as a, as a fellow
0: certified yoga instructor, I can totally understand how that would have helped you realize it because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the focus on everything opposite of what you had been experiencing for years and years, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the opposite of the anxiety. It's the opposite of, of the fear. It's the focus on the breath and the moment and Mm -hmm. Uh, so I I love to hear that that was a, a pivotal point for you as well. So um, what were some of those pivotal moments and lessons that you learned when you when you went through all of this? And is there a difference between how you handled that recession that you were talking about and this current one?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so 2020. 2020- Literally earlier this year, I went through my own layers and and peeling once again, and I think that 2020 was the revisit <laughs> for me. Yeah. And the universe, I think, brings things back around. It's like they you go through tests, and then I think that it brings it back around to go, okay, now you can apply what you learned. Right. Here, here you go. Can you apply it? Sure, you got it. Yeah. (laughs) You got it. Like mentally. Now, here's the playground for you to actually exercise and play it out. And you're like, great. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But, you know, old stories manufacture fear. And for me, even just earlier this year, I was learning what was left inside of me from 2010. And that recession taught me. or what I thought taught me, right. I taught me, I could lose everything. Uh, I could lose all financial security. I, I almost, I mean, there was a, to a point in, in back 10 years ago that I lost all money. I remember having a box of minute rice in my kitchen and I had nothing. I had maybe $2 in my pocket. Everything was depleted. And I was like, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And so When 2020 came around and this kind of new recession hits, all those old fears that you haven't completely worked through surface and go, Hello, remember me? And it really did do that to me earlier this year. And it was this opportunity to go, Okay, are these old stories in me playing like a record, or can I really create a new reality here? Because fear is telling me, Hold on tight white knuckle this, uh, you're going to lose everything. You know how that feels. You don't want to feel like that ever again. Uh, every possible conversation came flying out and I went, okay, what am I going to do from here? Do I respond to this or do I react to this? Cause that's the choice. Mm-hmm. And right now fear has me reacting. And if the opposite of fear is love, I have an opportunity to respond to this in love. And believe me, the voices, that fear was just rising in me going, no, no, no. no. You know what that, you better do this. You better do that. You're going to lose it all. And you really have this opportunity to go, are these old stories? Does those old stories have to keep repeating themselves? Yeah. And And I just, yeah, go ahead. And I think, I mean, and honestly, if you really want to go deep, back when I was age five, I really had no trauma to that I recall, like an instance that happened. People often ask me, like, what triggered you to have anxiety at age five? Like something must have happened to you. And I've spent a lifetime trying to figure out those answers. And one of the pieces, um, I believe, has to do with the fact that my father lost his job at age five. Uh, and I didn't yes. know this and I uncovered this actually pretty recently in the last several years and it took my family down and my parents were operating from a fear and their response was, you know, go out and, you know, you you have to work like three jobs and you have to work yourself to the bone and you have to work 16 hours a day. And, and then they had a, you know, they've got five kids and they've got to feed these kids and they couldn't get themselves out. It took years for them to get out of what happened at that point. Mm-hmm. So as a child, you're in that situation absorbing all of that energy, and it created this anxiety, which was one piece of that puzzle of why I had anxiety and what was what was triggering that. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward to me about the 2020, 10, 2010, and 2020 uh, differences, and I realized one of the opportunities here is to break that whole generational uh, behaviors and patterns as well. Cause here I'm in my DNA is to be fearful and to freak out and act as my parents, how they reacted instead of responding. So 2020 was like, bam, here's the, here's this piece too. You're only, you're also freaking out because of what happened to you in 2010 but then take a further step back and look at what in your family is the patterns and behaviors that you have the opportunity to sever.
0: Oh, my gosh. There's so much here, Terry. This is this is amazing. Because, A, I want to just acknowledge that I think people get so much more out of a, a guest who tells you, okay it's not just all of a sudden everything's perfect now. Mm -hmm. Things come up, you know, challenges happen and some of the same fears crop back up, those same patterns happen again and I just have to look at it and ask different questions, ask better questions Mm -hmm. and and shift things consciously, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's really helpful, you know, learning about the different ways that you approached it and how uncovering and I, I, I spend a lot of time on those generational patterns with clients. Mm. And so I, I find it outstanding that you're bringing that up and validating that because, it, you know, there's so much that guides us that we aren't aware of, but that we be- can become aware of and then release. Mm-hmm. And so that's fantastic that you're you're in that that process of doing that. And so those questions that, you know, I was hearing the different questions that you were asking yourself that help you through this. Is there any other strategy or tip that you would offer People who are listening that are currently in that state of fear that you described and that I often speak about how fear makes you clutch, right? How it makes you hold on to whether it's an old way of doing things or just not being able to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. So is there something that you can think of that you would suggest for our
1: listeners that are currently experiencing that that will help them through it? I think it comes down to evaluating what kind of lens you're looking through, mm. meaning that I always say that there are some gifts that arrive in really crappy wrapping paper. Yeah, I love that. Yes, yeah. It's like you think of like when you at uh, Christmas and you get these like somebody gives you a gift and it's got this like really expensive bow and a fancy wrapping paper and you're like, yeah, and you go and you open up the gift and it's like a pair of socks and you're like, Great. <laughs> This is great. (laughs) And then like your old crazy aunt comes along and she's got this gift and it's like wrapped in like newspaper and it's tape all over it. And you're like, oh, thanks. eh." And then you open it and it's like the most sentimental thought of gift that's got like it's monogrammed or it's from some old story from the past. And you're like, oh my God. And you start crying and it's like the most beautiful gift. And it's like, I think that, you know, fear in and of itself is a gift. Mm -hmm. And if you can pivot and, and switch lenses, right? And, and put on a new pair of glasses to say, okay, I know you're, you're, you're scared and, but can you look at fear as a gift that's just arriving in a really crappy wrapping paper? And I think, you know, from the moment that I, I saw that and went, I can take this and hold fear in my hands and actually welcome it, I'm going to get a completely different response than I've ever done before because for my whole entire life, I ran from it. I drank alcohol to get away from it. I physically ran away. When I was 16, I started running away. I mean, I have been running, running away from it because you want to get away. You don't want to feel fear. But in actuality, it's the moving closer to it. And and when it arrives at your doorstep, I now instead instead of like, shutting the door and closing the blinds and running up to my bed and hiding under covers and going, just get away. I now open the door to it and go, hi, come on in. And in fact, there's a kitchen table, have a seat. And let me roll out the plates and silverware and have a seat, pull out the chair for it, walk around the table, sit down and look face to face with it and go here pass the bread to it and go, I know you're here for a reason and I'm going to open myself up to hearing why you're here. And as soon as you acknowledge that fear that has a message for you, it's there as a gift and it's okay. The whole come, everything shifts. Everything shifts to a point where that breakthrough or what you're trying to not be stuck in or move forward it all becomes clear and it all becomes easy. But that first step and that tip is to be able to just look at it as something that is a gift. Uh, You
0: couldn't have come up with a better response. I think Mm -hmm. that is beautiful. And I know for a fact that it works (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I've not called it that. I've not worded it so beautifully, but I I, I've seen the changes in me when I have welcomed in and looked for the lessons so that is fantastic uh I love it love it so um is there a way that you that you know I guess when we were talking you said that there was a, a hidden superpower do you call it that mm-hmm. you think that all women have I do Can you speak a little bit more to that and to our female listeners out there? Maybe your ears are going to perk up.
1: Absolutely. I think that a woman's intuition is one of the most underutilized superpowers there is out there. Mm. And I think that women who have children know what that intuition is about. You know, it's like your child's in the other room and you don't even have to see him, but you know his hands in the cookie jar. And you don't have to hear or see him, but you're like, get your hand out of there. And he's like, oh, my God, how did this person even know? And it's like, I I think we're very used to that as identifying what that intuition is. But I always invite women to expand that dialogue on it because all of us have this intuition to use. And it's not just towards our child. When you look at the relationship between a woman and her child, that intuition all broken down, what it is, is connection. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a crystal clear, precise, open connection. And that's where that power comes from. And I think that women can take that superpower and apply it to other aspects of their life, including themselves. And I think that women really expand their own arenas, if you will, when they do tap into this and they utilize that intuition um, into their businesses, into their, into their own, into their own lives. I love that. I am.
0: um, Yeah, I'm definitely on board with that. My kids used to say, you know how can you see me through walls and i and i used to like really play up the superpower thing i've got eyes <laughs> in the back of my head i can see through walls yeah i i am with you on this but i love how you sometimes we as women it's easy for us to use it when it comes to people that we love mm-hmm. um but we forget that we should be loving ourselves and using it for ourselves as well um so i i love that and now i'm also all about the different opinions. So I definitely have to ask you about this. So one of my TED Talks is ca- is about letting go, right? Mm-hmm. And so you say that telling women to let it go is sometimes a disservice that produces more fear and blocks their fire. So I
1: really want to hear your perspective mm-hmm. on this. <laughs> so I think that letting it go is, a beautiful statement that we all have to embrace as the yoga instructor for sure i mean i'm all about letting go there is releasing that needs to happen in order to thrive and i think that uh, whatever we don't tend to emotionally spiritually there it's going to manifest physically in the body and i think from a yogic perspective this is where you're always gonna go to a class and they're gonna be like, let it go, let it yeah. go. And it just don't hold it in because it's truth. It's yeah. it's science. You the more that you hold on to and don't let go, it's it's a it's preventing you from thriving. It's preventing you from feeling joy. It's preventing all of these things. So it's not really about that letting go is wrong, but I also think that we need to expand the dialogue a little bit, like look more into the anatomy of that process and have more conversations about that where when it's, when it's happening, because I think that when I look at when I'm trying to let something go and I break it down and like really look at the anatomy of that, I'm, I can't let something go. And I, and there's, and fear is, is a part of that. There's so many women that feel stuck and it's like, they're trying to go from where they are to the next, like jump to the next lily pad. And people are like, okay, just just let it go, just let it go. And somebody said to me, and I don't remember where I learned this, but if you're trying to let something go, make sure you let it be first. Because saying letting it go is almost like a, like you're trying to get rid of it. And it's like, yes, we're in the process of letting it go, but don't forget to let it be first And to talk more about that, that instance, that, that time period, because I hear so many women that are, and I was one of them included, that you're trying to move forward. Like I said, you're trying to jump to that next lily pad. But when you look at how we're feeling in that moment, we feel overwhelmed. We feel fear and we feel fear. Then we feel stuck. And then we look over to the next area and we're like, oh, here's our dreams. We, we know we want to get over there and we want to, you know, whatever that is. We want to be over there. It's going to be great. But there's a sense of being comfortable where we are. Yeah. It's a dysfunctional comfort, but there's a comfort. And then to go over to like, let's say that lily pad where the dreams are, it's going to be difficult and uncomfortable. So there's a lot of dialogue, and I think a lot of people share the dialogue that I had in my head. I was like, so I'm going to be full of fear here and comfortable, or over there full of fear and uncomfortable. So there's almost like, I'll just stick over here because at least I have some sense of comfort with my patterns and my behaviors that I have. I have no idea what's going to happen over there. So the bridge from, let's say, A to B, right, is... You know, you have to let some things go. You have to let that control go. You have to let X, Y, Z go. But I think to say and talk about just letting things be as they are will lead you to letting it go. So it's not really about like, you know... Stop saying, let it go, because I'm all about (laughs) about flow and letting that uh, that go. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get what you're
0: saying. And I love that. Let it be because you then that's uh, a friend of mine had said to me once you just sit with it. And I think it's that same kind of feeling because sometimes if someone else is telling you, just let it go. And if you haven't come to terms with it and figured it out and and worked through it and let it be like you're saying, it, it becomes flippant, you know, mm-hmm. like, like when people say, I'm infamous for saying to people, don't ever tell me to relax when I'm not relaxed mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it becomes this like impossible situation because you're telling me to do something that I, at this moment in time, cannot physically do, Mm -hmm. right? Because I haven't personally looked at it. And so I get what you're saying there. You have to let it be and kind of sit with it and look at it. And then you'll be able to release it and let it go. That makes a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah. It's like the sister to letting it, letting it go. It's like the bridge to letting it go. And I, I just feel like there's a lot of we don't talk about that space yes. a lot. And a lot of people just walk around going, well, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, then just let it be and, and look at it and just let it be for what it is. And as soon as that control is released, it opens that flood, you know, the floodgates to, to what you are truly wanting, which is letting
0: it go. <laughs> uh, yes, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So I want to just ask you real quickly about this cool company called Mm -hmm. the Sober Box Company. Um, If you could just share a little bit about what it is and then if there was any fear wrapped around
1: starting it. Yeah, the uh, Sober Box Company is a monthly subscription box that provides holistic tools and resources uh, to specifically empower sober women And we help sober women who don't have a consistent personal development plan or practice by giving them those tools to do it. And ultimately, our goal is that at the end, you harness your power and and thrive. And it's a great uh, eclectic mix of receiving product every month through that box that arrives at your doorstep that helps you with your practice. But like I said earlier in the conversation, um, the connection to self and that road back to self is ultimately where all of your answers reside. And I think everybody has different answers. They have a de- they're on different paths. But the common ground and the common de- denominator is, is that if we can get back to being closer to ourselves and connected to ourselves, that's where where those answers come from. And that's what we do with the box. And as far as, I mean, when I started it, I definitely had um, all sorts of, of kind of fears. It was literally the time where in the past, I would say, you know, five to 10 years, I was stepping away from corporate life and I knew I didn't want to return, but through the mess between, you know, let's say 2010 and now there was the slow peel. I didn't like just quit my job one day and like start a company. I instead of returning to the kind of that corporate nine to five, I I just got part-time jobs. And then I started my side hustles and I've been with side hustling here and there. Um, And actually I had an online business before and it didn't do very well. So you kind of, you know, when you're starting something new, you get all sorts of fear comes back. Like, you know, you had that online business before and this, you know, what's going to be different about this now. And um, the fear of, fully stepping in because, you know, I only did it part time here and there. And what happens when I fully just step away from that, that paycheck and that, that, that security and literally go work for yourself, what's going to happen? How's that going to look? And again, it all comes back to those old stories, manufacturing my fear. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that all definitely came up as I was starting and I, I had the opportunity to say, all right, here I am. This is, if these are old stories playing on a broken record, I can choose a different path. I can choose a different response. I don't have to react and I can start this and create a new reality and in, in, in a new story.
0: it's uh, fantastic.
1: You know, I, I think that, there are some
0: people out there who would love to hear how they can get a hold of you, Terry, and if there's a
1: specific website for the Soberbox Company. Yes, uh the soberboxcompany.com is our website and our social media handle over on Instagram is at Soberbox Company.
0: Cool. And we'll add uh links on how to find Terry and the SoberBox Company onto the show notes for everyone here so I told you 30 minutes was going to fly by didn't I Mm -hmm. so if you could also just share I know that you were kind enough to offer a complimentary coaching consultation if you could just share about that and then we'll close it out with any parting words of wisdom or fire that you have for
1: us today Sure. Uh, So my personal website, terryhug.com, you can sign up for a 30 minute uh, free coaching consultation that basically we just break things down. What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, Help you get a plan for that. And at the end, you can decide, are you going to execute that plan by yourself? Or do you need my help and assistance and guidance to uh, walk alongside with you as you as you do it? And so anybody is welcome, welcome to do that. And parting words, uh, to remember that don't be fooled by that wrapping paper. (laughs) Fear, fear is a gift. Fear actually is a gift. (laughs) <laughs>
0: that is fabulous. I love it, and I've really enjoyed your insights today, Terry, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. So if you're out there and you've loved some of the nuggets that Terry has provided, feel free to share it with someone else who you think could benefit as well. Terry, thank you again so very much.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you and I appreciate everything that you are doing.
0: Thank you. And all the best to everybody out there. We'll see you again next week. Take care.